you want any chance of your company surviving beyond the average life expectancy of a business, you've got to go after the sacred cows and then shortly follow that by addressing the ugly babies. Welcome to Insert Human. I'm Chris Colbert. As the former managing director of the Harvard Innovation Lab, I realized many things. And one of the things I realized is that the pace of technology-driven change is faster, far faster, than most organizations and most people's ability to change. That gap equals risk, vulnerability, and eventually long-term viability. And it's a particularly troubling gap in the three sectors that underpin modern society, banking, education, and healthcare. It's the biggest existential threat they have, and by extension, we have. Closing the gap requires transformation. And transformation requires a much better understanding of ourselves, because at the end of the day, all transformation is human transformation. That's why I created Insert Human, a weekly conversation with brilliant people about better understanding us, and in doing so, shrinking the gap and increasing the chances of a better outcome for all. Before we dive into today's episode and offer to all the listeners who are leading some sort of transformation effort, I've learned that the key to a successful transformation, organizations big or small, begins with adopting seven critical habits. And while most of the leaders I've met have nailed some, rarely have I seen any honed to an innate, really effective level. To find out how you're doing with the seven habits, you can get my guide the seven habits of highly transformative leaders at chriscolbert.com. Welcome back to another chapter of This Is It For Your Business, a series of episodes uh, focused on a book uh, that I've been writing about the uh, importance of transforming organizations. The subtitle of this chapter is Jettison the Sacred Cows, Ugly Babies, and Elephants. Long-running, ever-evolving businesses are humble enough to embrace the cold, hard truth and courageous enough to deal with the sacred cows, the ugly babies, and the very large elephants in the room. And when I say deal, I don't mean waiting until the barn is on fire. The businesses and brands that evolve the best, transform the fastest, and last the longest are the ones who actively hunt for these three insidious longevity killers. Sacred cows are the parts and sometimes the people of the business that once played a critical role and maybe still do, but they clearly don't have a place in the future. And everyone knows it. Let's go back to my Polaroid example for a second. Way back when silver halide imaging was the sacred cow. The only way Polaroid could fully embrace digital imaging as its future was to shoot the sacred cow, which also happened to be a cash cow. The leadership had to decide to downsize its entire business, reduce its investments in manufacturing and chemical technology, and shift the focus to digital software. The basic math here is that in order to shoot the cow, you have to be okay with making less milk for some period of time. You have to be okay with getting smaller before you get bigger. But shareholders hate that. And so does the executive team who is largely bonused on top line revenue growth. So they keep feeding the sacred cow, even though they know that the cow 
may die soon. There's a pasture full of sacred cow stories that effectively killed companies. Sony's killer cow was its fixation on manufacturing efficiency and gross margin over R&D investment. Borders Books, remember them? Could not let go of brick and mortar and store-by-store lease agreements. Saturn, remember Saturn? GM's once upon a time golden child, transforming the automotive industry, broke down putting everything it had into the front-end customer experience when the back-end technologies were woefully, woefully behind. And perhaps the most visible cow of the modern age, Rim's Blackberry. They couldn't shoot the keyboard cow over the touchscreen. Their global smartphone market share went from 20% in 2009 to 3% at the end of 2012. And today it is 0.1%. So if you want any chance of your company surviving beyond the average life expectancy of a business, you've got to go after the sacred cows and then shortly follow that by addressing the ugly babies. Ugly babies are the new products or new businesses that should never actually see the light of day, but somehow they do. And depending on which research study you believe, the survival rate of either is abysmally low, anywhere between five and 15%. And the number one reason why so many of these babies don't make it, drum roll please, is because the market thinks the baby is ugly, and simply does not want to buy it or them. No kidding. A Harvard Business Review article a few years back entitled Why New Products Fail provides both confirmation and an expanded hit list of product failure, ugly baby failure reasons. Number one, it's a revolutionary product, but there's no real market. Number two, Insufficient education to create a category for the product. Number three, insufficiently distinct from existing options, aka no differentiation. Number four, the product falls short and gets bashed, meaning it doesn't deliver on its promise. And number five, the company can't support the growth, which I think happens very rarely, but it does happen. With all respect to the articles, researchers, and the research, I think the real reason most new products fail is that the creators of the baby and or the investors or the sponsoring senior executive just can't bring themselves to accept that maybe, just maybe, their little love bundle is neither good looking or lovable. I've seen this time and time again, and I saw it a lot at Harvard in my work with the startups. The startup starts. The founders are fixated on their idea and their baby. They keep trying to teach it how to walk and talk, all the while ignoring the simple fact that nobody actually wants little binky winky. And it happens in big companies too. So if you're keen to evolve your business to stay ahead of the grim reaper called market change, customer expectation change, competitor change, you have to get good at calling a spade a spade and shutting down your babies early if they're just too damn ugly or make another baby. Babies lead to the elephants and they can be just as big of a problem. The elephants are the things that should be said, but aren't. No one wants to tell the boss the bad news. No one is willing to take on the prima donna SVP of sales or the mercurial head of marketing. And yet everyone in the kitchen knows exactly what's going on. The existence of elephants is bad enough, but the unwillingness to deal with them creates a pall on all the communications in any organization. It creates a precedence of non-speaking, of omission, or group thinking as the norm for engagement. 
It says bad performance is acceptable. It's a paralyzing unwritten rule. And that just ain't good. The common DNA between why sacred cows, ugly babies, and elephants exist in so many organizations, fundamentally serving as a dead weight to constructive innovation and evolution, is, dare I say again, fear. Specifically, the leaders or the employees' inability to take the risk, to declare the truth, to make the call, to bear the consequences. And that inability eventually becomes the organization's inability. The culture becomes a culture of avoidance and denial, which is really the slippery slope towards going out of business. So as you move forward with the rest of these chapters and ponder the task before you, embrace this fundamental truth. A lot of this is about courage, having the courage to look at the truth of your customers, your capabilities, your competitors, and your company, having the guts to accept the reality of what is really going on, what is really getting in the way, and then the willingness to actually do something about it. Empires and businesses die because their leaders delude themselves into thinking everything is just fine when it's really not. Cue Nero fiddling. So here's the fourth step. Try to find a little desperation. The challenge with innovating from the inside out is less in doing it and more in finding the motivation to do it. As I wrote about in This Is It, the life version of this book, I firmly believe that the only two motivators of behavior change are either aspiration or desperation. And we are talking about behavior change. Getting your organization to embrace innovation and transformation, to shoot the sacred cows, to be okay with taking risks, to be willing to walk away from legacy businesses and ways of doing things is fundamentally behavior change. And people, including most leaders, hate change. While aspiration to, appears to be a solid source of motivation for a business, the problem is that aspiration is a want state. It's about wanting something, whereas desperation is a need state. It's about needing something. And need always trumps want. I repeat, need always trumps want. Let's think about this through Sir John Glove's six ages. The six ages of the rise and fall of every empire and arguably the six ages of the rise and fall of every large organization. In the age of pioneers, startups and colonists are motivated by the desperate need to survive. Having nothing to lose, they readily embrace innovation as the task. In the next age, the age of conquest, there is a desperate need to win. And in the age of commerce, the third stage, there is a need to match demand and supply and to establish stability. But once stability is realized, as colonies become countries and startups become companies, desperation dissipates. Doing fine gets taken for granted. Hubris rears its head. Self-sacrifice is replaced by self-interest. And that, my friend, is the beginning of the end. So if you really want to not just build a better business, to build a better business that lasts for a long, long time, worry about motivation. Tap into a bucket of desperation and a bit of aspiration to keep you and your leadership team hungry, willing to take some calculated risk and fixated on cutting even the faintest sniff of complacency out of the culture. And oh, by the way, when you get a chance, Google Amazon day one. Day one is Amazon's shorthand motto for every day is the first day of this company. And I'm convinced they created it as a way of not 
allowing complacency to set in. As you move forward, don't just focus, but fixate on how you're going to transform the business in ways that create holy crap value for everyone you serve. Sure, your customers, but also your employees and all your stakeholders. And the only way to really create holy crap value for them is to really know who they are. And that brings us to the fifth and sort of final evolver out step, which I'm going to cover in chapter six. See you then. Thanks for listening today. Wherever you are as a leader on your transformation journey, you'll find more helpful resources at chriscolbert.com. From more podcast episodes and my film talks from around the globe to my blog and books. And if you're a CEO or leader interested in getting my advice, you can reach me there too. Just head over to chriscolbert.com. Thanks for listening.